Hello, everyone, and welcome to It Was Murder. We're here to answer the yet-to-be-asked question, is Heart to Heart a good show? This is Eric Blood, the nostalgic, I, I would say nostalgic acquaintance still. Mm. This is Ellen Ito, the devoted lover. And this is Joe Garber, and I'm the dubious virgin. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Good. I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay. Are we low energy tonight? Do we need to <laughs> pump it up? Um, I'm just going to drink. Okay. This is, we're talking about <laughs> episode two of Heart to Heart. We are talking about episode and I, two. And I have way more confusions than episode one. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Which is, episode one is already pretty confusing. True. It's, I think it's we're, I think we're in a, uh, in like a zone of, of, American television that is mm-hmm. just confusing. Like mm. they just didn't, they didn't, you know, we didn't need to tie up every loose end. We, we can just, we can just allow people to figure it out for themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's just full of racism and nonsense. Oh yeah. This one's a good one. Yeah. Um, so this episode is called hit Jennifer Hart. <laughs> Not as uh, misogynistic as it sounds, but still, relatively misogynistic. Uh, Would you like to read the synopsis for us? I would. I'd actually like to read, I found two um, very succinct synopsis of this episode. If you'll indulge me, Um, I'm going to read them both. Of course. But so disclaimer hit Jennifer Hart, despite the title, Jennifer Hart, thank God does not get hit by anyone. uh, True. (laughs) is I'll kill anybody that hits Jennifer Hart. Yeah. I'll tell you that She doesn't much. get hit in any way, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Hit Jennifer Hart, which originally aired on September 22nd, 1979. After extending her hospitality to a young author claiming to be a distant cousin, Jennifer experiences a series of near-fatal accidents. Here's the other description that I <laughs> Yeah. Found. Oh, that was the uh, full that, description. That's a, Cur- yeah. That's a terrible Cur- description. <laughs> courtesy of um, Wikipedia, the all-knowing Wikipedia, uh, <laughs> same episode, when Jonathan breaks up a semi-slavery ring, No. the manager running it sends a hitman to pretend to be Jennifer's cousin and terminate her. All right, we're all going to give... One minute descriptions of the entire episode. We're going to try to. We're going to do it. We're going to do it under one minute. We're just going to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Jonathan Hart goes undercover at one of the companies that he owns and finds out that there is uh, horrible labor practices. <laughs> he fires the guy that runs the day-to-day of that. The guy that runs the day-to-day of that goes to a creepy pet store and decides to put a hit out on Jennifer Hart. <laughs> Uh, they get this young guy who poses as Jennifer's cousin to uh, kill her. He puts explosion juice on her oven. Uh (laughs) It doesn't kill her. He takes her to a cliff. She falls off, but he likes her too much, so he doesn't kill her. He decides to get out of the job. He gets killed. The creepy pet store guy decides to take on the job. He gets knocked out in a fight with Jonathan Hart. Everything is fine. Um, the end. Mm. Five seconds to spare. Wow. Okay. Okay. Me? Yep. 
Jonathan Hart goes undercover on the docks um, to expose unfair labor practices at his own company, Hart Shipping uh, Industries. He fires the boss in front of all of the workers. The boss is infuriated, so he goes to a creepy pedophiliac type pet store where a guy is weirdly like stretching a cat or something. And then he's like, I need you to hire somebody because I'm going to get back at that Jonathan Hart. And the way I'm going to get back at him is not by killing him, but I'm going to kill his wife. I'm going to kill his wife. And then at the funeral, I'm going to tell him that I killed his wife because fuck you, Jonathan Hart, for exposing and firing me um, because we were really enjoying our unfair labor practices. So the Hitman goes to a writer's conference where he pretends to be Jennifer's cousin. Um, Jennifer believes it is her cousin. And then she says, come back to our house and write your novel that is so amazing in our guest house for two days. And then he tries to kill her unsuccessfully with the oven. And then on a cliff, he goes to the pet store two times. The second time he's like, I can't kill that lady. She's too nice. She's too nice. Here's the money back. And that guy's like, I'm going to kill you. And then I'm going to go kill their pool guy. I'm going to pretend to be the pool guy. And then I'm going to try and kill Jennifer. And Jonathan's like, no, you're not. And we're going to crash in the van. You're going to hit your head. And then I'm going to make out with my wife in the pool. The end. <laughs> the end. <laughs> God. Okay. All this, right. I love this. Okay, I'm gonna go. <laughs> All right. We start the episode on the docks because Jonathan Hart is pretending to be a longshoreman working for a company that he's the CEO of Hart Shipping. He finds unfair labor practices in his company and exposes it and fires the guy in charge. The guy in charge, who is now fired and for some reason decides to put a hit out on Jonathan Hart's wife, Jennifer. He decides to hire a creepy pet store guy who hires another man to pretend to be Jennifer's cousin, who is a writer. So she gives him room and board for two days to write a novel. So (laughs) while he's there, he puts explosion juice in her oven to try to kill her, but it doesn't kill her. He fails and she is so stupid that she doesn't realize that he tried to kill her. So he takes her to the cliffside while Jonathan is like super suspicious of him and tries and is like exposing him as a hitman. So he decides the hitman decides Jennifer is a nice person, doesn't want to kill her, tries get out of the job gets murdered the creepy pet store guy goes to their house <laughs> pretends to be a pool man and tries to kill jennifer but jonathan saves her and beats up the pool the creepy man and saves the day and then the real cousin comes and that's the end of the episode <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it was much easier after like being the third person to go is so much easier <laughs> we'll have to rotate but that's fun i like that i like that we start in at a dock or like a shipping, people are putting containers on to a freight ship. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, there's I didn't recognize him at first. Did you? Oh, I I recognized him. Well, I uh-huh. mean, I recognized him once he started talking. <laughs> yeah, because our our hero Jonathan Hart is wearing gray <laughs> sweats, like like top and bottom gray sweats, and everyone Heather beanies. And the beanies. Mm-hmm. Ellen, did you, you knew it was him right away, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Not, I, not because I have elaborate like facial recognition skills, just because, <laughs> because I've watched a lot of heart to heart, you guys. Yes. I'm the devoted lover. The I devoted don't lover. like saying the word lover, but I'll say it again for clarity. She saw that weird butt in those sweats and she yeah. was like, that's Jonathan Hart. I hate to do this, but I'll say he's actually wearing like high-waisted wide leg jeans. Oh um, shit. And okay. I, I know this because what, when I watched it for the purposes of this podcast, I realized that Jonathan was wearing an outfit that I wear all the time these days. <laughs> I kind of just like, Oh my God, I'm dressed as Jonathan Hart <laughs> undercover as a dock worker. As a dock worker. But so the, the scene is like, as Joe says, they're on the ship and they're, it's really hard 
to tell what they're actually doing. Jonathan mm-hmm. has the world's weirdest hammer. And I was kind of like, I don't, I'm not a hammer expert, but I was like, I don't know what that hammer's <laughs> for. It's very strange. It sort of looks like a space hammer. It does. Like it's very simplified. It's very shiny and clean. It is chrome so, as fuck. Yes. And then all, all around them, it sort of looks like a prison set with like an upper tier and then a bunch of crates that have, I'm just going to say, East Asian writing. Yes. On. <laughs> I didn't uh, notice that. And it's just kind of like on there diagonally because that's totally how we do it. No. Uh-huh. Um, it's very weird. So there's crates everywhere, but there's also these barrels that you hit with your space hammer. And then there's the foreman. And so everyone sort of seems like a leftover extra or caricature from every single 70s movie about a chain gang mm-hmm. or you know, whatever movie where dudes are actually wearing wide leg uh, jeans. And they I all mean. have a beanie on, like as if that's like the uniform Is to be a longshoreman. A longshoreman. And yeah, you... I, I don't know what longshoremen wear normally. Do you guys? Are you uh, hanging out at the docks? Uh, yeah, sometimes I hang out at the docks just for like, <laughs> no <laughs> just comment. For, just to get a kick. <laughs> uh, that's they probably that's pretty accurate. That's where I buy my hammers. Were you so. guys, were you also space s- hammers? <laughs> struck by that man's ears, the manager? How huge oh, his ears no, were. I didn't notice. Oh, okay, never mind then. Jonathan, who I didn't know was Jonathan, he's just like a longshoreman, <laughs> confronts him about not having a break. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the guy, I can't exactly remember. Do you remember what he says to him? Swing that hammer like my grandmother sucks an egg. Great, because everyone listening should be as disturbed as Joe and I are right yes. now about stuff that that Big Ears says. <laughs> so, so Jonathan to Big Ears says, but you took a lunch break. And then some like they get into a little bit of a verbal back and forth. And then Jonathan throws his space hammer in the weirdest way. <laughs> and it hits. He throws it like he's out from outer space. Yeah. Like underhanded softball. I think I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Maybe I'm remembering totally, wrong. Like fast pitches it. And then the handle of the hammer, not the, not the sharp part where you pry nails up that you would think would like be able to penetrate mm-hmm. a wooden box. The handle goes into a wooden box next to the guy's head. Yes. The goon's head. And then all hell breaks loose. Yes. Uh-huh. Then there's just a really slow, even-handed fight between <laughs> Jonathan Hart and the goon <laughs> while everyone cheers. I'm assuming cheers on Jonathan. Um, they're cheering. They're this, legit yeah. cheering. So I'm assuming they're cheering on Jonathan. Uh, they're a bunch of fish fall out of a box. Yeah, because he pry- the, the goon <laughs> grabs the hammer and rips it out of the box and a bunch of fish fall on him. Yeah. Yeah, so the boxes are just full of fish because that's how you transport fish from Asia. Yeah, I was gonna say, (laughs) are fish kept in boxes? But they're, I don't know what kind of fish they actually are, but they are cartoonishly large, Uh very silvery fish. Mm -hmm. And maybe they're not fish, maybe they're uh, space, yeah, um, (laughs) ovals or something. I don't know because the hammer really threw me, you guys. The hammer is so. Unusual. Yeah, just loose fish in a box. And space <laughs> yeah, hammers. so comically, the fish pours all over the place. The foreman, much like many of Jonathan's endless fist fights. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is just fist fight mm-hmm. uh, number one. This is just kicking it off. Mm-hmm. It's about, it's gonna go off. Fist fights every episode, but the fish pour onto that guy. That guy kind of kicks Jonathan's ass a little bit, mm-hmm. and then it takes a turn. 
Oh, so then what Goon gets swept up in a fishnet. <laughs> yep. And then dr- dropped into the bay or the the ocean or yep. whatever body of water they're at. Mm-hmm. Uh, while a man in a limousine drives up and witnesses this whole thing. Yep. Jonathan approaches man in, in the limousine and he says, you're, you're fired, buddy. And he's like, I'm Jonathan Hart. Yeah. I own Jonathan Hart uh, shipping or whatever the fuck. Shipping industries, yeah. Shipping industries. And he throws him out of his own and limo and gets fired. in it. So I just um, was out with our neighbor drinking some wine earlier and she's an HR lawyer for a company. And I, and I asked her, so what would happen <laughs> if a CEO pretended to be a longshoreman and then I like explained with a space hammer, yeah, with a hammer, throws a hammer at a guy. I explained it as if it was like a real thing that actually happened. <laughs> and our neighbor was like, uh, like a lot of shit would happen. He would be like, First of all, like that's civil court, like it's outside of the company. I was like, would he still be able to keep this company after this? And she was like, that depends on like the structure of the company, of course. Like if there's a board of directors, then he would be fired. Would he though? I mean, I think we all know heart industries, heart, heart shipping industries is but one of 20 interconnected companies. Right. So did did you mention to Erica that the guy running the actual business, like the day-to-day of heart shipping industries, is operating a slave ring? Slave ring of white men? <laughs> That's the that other thing. That seems like good information for an HR person to know. Like just, I mean, going into it, you yeah. know, or drawing H- up any paperwork uh-huh. or making any decisions. HR should be aware. I love that you asked an HR lawyer about that. I feel like that's an important thing to do. Yeah. And she was like, you, I mean, it would be a civil court case. It would be outside the company. And he would, <laughs> if like he would get sued for a bunch of money, obviously, but he would be able to keep the company. Moving forward, like right after Jonathan fires the guy running Heart Shipping Industries, dude from Heart Shipping Industries goes to a pet store where a woman and her son are looking at puppies. <laughs> the son asks her, can we have two? Can we keep two of them? Can we, Mom? I suppose so. <laughs> fake. What? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, That's, very that was fake. The, that was the, the first sign that this episode wasn't going to be my favorite. And then they mm-hmm. turn and she's and then they turn to the pet store owner and they're like, we'll be back in about an hour. And then they turn around and walk <laughs> out of the store. And it's like, wh- what? Yeah. I, then, then, I also wondered about that. Like, did, <laughs> were they going to go by two dog houses <laughs> yeah like are they a plant to make that pet store seem real and then they like flubbed the line like and it didn't seem real to anybody at that point like, um i'm i'm pretty sure the mom just pushes the kid out into traffic and then gets in her car and starts her new life there's no way yeah. that she's gonna get that kid had <laughs> she goes next puppies. door to the kid's store and picks up another kid so that her husband doesn't yeah. notice yeah. Uh, yeah so well dude walks in to the pet store uh-huh. and they start talking in front of aquariums, standing right next to each other, but not facing each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh very, <laughs> very yes. close together. Very close together. Very, very close There's together. There's no one Nobody else, in the, else store. in the store. If you looked at that mm-hmm. on security cameras, you would be like, what the fuck are they up to? <laughs> like more than mm-hmm. if they were just talking to each other normally. <laughs> but there's, when the man walks in to the pet store, like he goes charging into the back where I guess all the, aquarium shit happens and the pet store creep 
is holding a very blanky kitten, right? Yes, like he's, yes. He's already had like the creepy, like, mm-hmm, like <laughs> weird nodding to the mom that's clearly lying to the, her stolen sex trafficked <laughs> child, right? Oh, we'll be back in an hour. And that guy's just like, I'll just keep stretching this kitten like taffy. And he's holding the kitten and it's so weird. And then the guy comes in and is like, oh, we're going to kill somebody. And he finally, like, he looks at him really blankly and then he's like, Oh, and then I guess to conduct hitman business or whatever, he has to like pour the lanky kitten like into a bucket or something that you don't see. <laughs> he like, doesn't yeah. want the kitten to hear. He has to, <laughs> yeah. he has to put the kitten down. And I was kind of like, wow, this is such a dramatic moment. They clearly know each other and have worked together, but there's something weird about the timing of the. Yes. Very the, the weird. weird taffy kitten it's just odd. yet again it's just another element of this episode that is just done wrong um, yeah <laughs> it's We're, just wrong like this this the this whole, episode's not good guys the whole pet store thing is very confusing but yeah. We're already past one of my first confusions of the episode is where oh, okay because he uncovers this entire like like not slavery we're not calling it that yeah. labor ring of like indentured servitude but then they just but then the episode is not about that at all. It's like it, they just completely lose that plot line. No, it's just like the that that's just the jumping off point to get into the actual plot of the episode, which is right. dude that ran the day-to-days is like, I want to put a hit out on someone. Not Jonathan Hart, uh-huh. his wife. Right. But right. he but that guy's fired at this point. Yeah. So he what does he gain by putting a hit out on absolutely like nothing. if you that's the problem with this episode for me a lot of times is if you think <laughs> if you think about the motivation of any single character in any moment it falls apart completely yeah and it's it's it wouldn't have been very hard to like patch those things up like it wouldn't have been that much more effort you probably would have had to do like a little less cocaine at the bar that night maybe <laughs> like that might have been the issue for all the writers wow <laughs> Can I hearken back just quickly to when Max and Jonathan after the dock thing and he gets home in the limousine and he says, he says, uh, one clown doesn't run a circus. I feel like this is just the beginning. And that's when he's taught. He's basically saying, like, I'm going to uncover like this large scale corruption in the right. docks. Right. But for yeah. some reason, one clown doesn't run a circus <laughs> is yeah. actually, I know that we're saying like, we're kind of criticizing the writing and that you can, it's like Swiss cheese. Right. <laughs> yeah. But the same people that created that 45 minutes of Swiss cheese also wrote the line. One clown doesn't run a circus. <laughs> and so I'm just going to put that out there because it's, it's so powerful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So enter Jennifer Hart. <laughs> With mm. very large hair. She's entering and exiting because she's such a busy working lady. Her entrance is an exit because yeah, that's is, how bossy she is. She's it's a note she's saying a shit. I'm leaving. She is going to the writer's conference. She's busy. She's powerful. Yeah, that one. <laughs> so, I mean, people look forward to the writer's conference every year. All those writers do. Yes. I loved the writer's conference scene. Like I, I was getting excited at the writer's conference scene because it opens on this dude reading poetry <laughs> and it's horrible when the man is reading what appears to be i don't know like a bumbling yeah. long-winded interpretation <laughs> of the fleur de mal or something like that 
there's this that great moment where he finally finishes droning on and on and then he says that's it i'm done i'm i'm oh yeah done everyone yes. or something i'm finished yeah and, and jennifer is like this is it's it's visible on her face that she finds this horrible and i thought oh good is she gonna do some wisecracking is there mm-hmm. gonna be some some juice on this on this one and nothing she just yeah. looks over sees a name tag next to her and starts reading the the writing of the person that's not sitting there yet mm-hmm. who turns out to be Stephen thomas uh who is played <laughs> by Craig Wasson. Craig Wasson, who I, w- I was like, it's the dude from Ghost Story. I had the same thing, yeah. <laughs> oh, I did not have that thing. I know. <laughs> and they discover that they're cousins in this moment, which is like, would she not know who her cousins are? Like, that's just... So she gestures with her hand when she says his name to indicate, in my mind, she's indicating that the reason she wouldn't recognize him was that the last time she saw him, he was a child. Yeah. I felt like she was indicating his height. And I feel like the weird cousin thing is just a classic way to like infiltrate uh, <laughs> someone's life as a stranger. Right. And spoiler alert, he's not her cousin. Yeah. So he's a hitman, Right. Hired by just- the pet store creep to <laughs> murder Jennifer Hart, to hit Jennifer Hart. No. I mean, that's no one in their right mind would believe that that, that was the right. cousin. Except for Jennifer Hart, which is strike two <sighs> God, for yeah. this episode. Were you guys like so like just bummed out about Jennifer in this episode? Just like. Yeah. What are from you the, doing? From beginning Girl, to end, I was yeah. so bummed. I was just like, this is not you. This is not, not my her. Jennifer Hart. Yeah. It's not what I mm. want her to be. She's smarter than this. I said to myself when the episode started, well, once, <laughs> once she invited Ghost Story home. I, I said to myself, if she's not two steps ahead of this guy, yeah. I'm going to be so mad at this episode. And she wasn't there's She brings him home. She, uh, Jonathan is immediately suspicious of him. Rightfully so. And freeway questions suspicious. freeway. <laughs> Didn't tell me about your attack dog. <laughs> Up till now, he's been a notoriously good judge of character. Freeway. But can I, can I say this isn't about like, saying that the characterization of Jennifer in this episode is great because it isn't. Um, And I appreciate everybody seeing and noting that, but Jennifer says one of my favorite things that she ever says, and this is going to probably make me seem weirder than the person that wrote this into the script. There's a great scene where Jonathan and Max are cooking beef bourguignon in the kitchen for dinner. And that's really great. And then Jennifer comes home from the writer's conference with false second cousin once or twice removed once removed Uh and when they walk into the foyer of the heart's home and jonathan comes out she greets him by saying trick or treat and it's like one of my favorite things ever oh why why (laughs) explain explain I didn't even because, catch that. I didn't even. Yeah, either. It, it happens in the blink of an eye, but uh, my That's Halloween raid radar is oh. uh, very sensitive, and immediately it's like yes. That that is actually like a really cute. There's a couple of cute. Uh, yes. There's a couple of cute moments between Jennifer and Jonathan that yeah. that I really liked in this episode, but they aren't enough to dig it out of the hole that it's in. No, mm. it's 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 heavy on like the couple. Um, it's heavy on the the romantic sexy talk yeah. between the two of them. 
I'm going to um, entertain a theory for a while that Jennifer's a beard and Jonathan and Max are the married couple because <laughs> there was a lot of, I mean, maybe that's like a joke throughout, but there was a lot of them like in the kitchen together cooking. Jennifer's off at the writer's conference and it's just Max and Jonathan hanging out and they're very romantic and like really just very, what's the word, like intimate with familial. each other. They're yeah, familial. They're familial. They, that, this, this goes further into what we were talking about last episode where Max is not a butler. He's no. not a servant. He's wandering he's around the house employee, in a bathroom. But he's he's family to them. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's more to his relationship with them than just an employee. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I want to like I want to just I know it's probably not true, but I want to entertain this idea of them being a couple and just see how much it pays off in future episodes. So dinner happens. Yes. Jennifer and Jonathan have like a prolonged thing where they kind of are like, "Hey, that guy's not really who I don't think that guy's who you think that guy is." Um and then some sexy things. And then Max goes into the kitchen to get a beer. And then the mm. fake second cousin um, puts, I, at that point, I'm like, I don't know what he's doing, but there's a vial of liquid inside In a, a really big sponge, like a really, really big sponge. Because it's an explosive. And, in a big sponge. Yeah, I was like, I don't know how the vial opens, and I don't know what the sponge does. The sponge, like, I the just, sponge was to keep it from exploding because it's it's like nitroglycerin. The sponge is so, yeah, so big, <laughs> you guys. So, yeah. so he has the big the big sponge like from nowhere uh-huh. because he's wearing you know like 1979 like tight pants and a really <laughs> snug fitting like members only jacket. Like he has this head to toe like beige, very fitted ensemble but somehow he finds the world's biggest beige sponge and then he has the giant beaker of explosion juice and then he puts it he puts it down on the counter and then immediately just starts fucking wildly with like the dials on the on the oven and then whatever right and then max comes in and finds him right no, Max came in before before he gets to work. He has oh. to just duck down behind the counter while Max is like humming in the world's weirdest kimono. And <laughs> oh my ear. God, what the fuck? Yes. <laughs> He's, Max is just like, where does Max have a but, room in the house, do you think? Well, don't you picture Max's room kind of like, Scatman Carruthers um, Florida house <laughs> yes. in the shop. Yes, totally. 100 like, fucking percent. Yes. Red walls yes. exactly. and naked totally. women framed naked women. above the bed. And yes. a TV set totally. at the foot of the bed. <laughs> With yes. another naked woman above that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. And this. <laughs> or naked I'll men. Like, or naked men. Yeah, maybe. Okay. And Jonathan Jeff. in his bed. <laughs> One of my notes for this episode is raw brick kitchen because their <laughs> kitchen is this just like full. It's like trillions of bricks. It's so I like it a lot actually. Yeah, I love it. Jen- Jennifer is cooking a goose. Yeah, in the morning. In right? the well, she's you got to put it in early. Was, you got to put it in early. Their uh, cooking schedules. Was that was a massive bird. That takes hours about. and hours to cook. She's getting ready to put her goose in the oven. And Jonathan calls her, which prevents her from going to the oven. Hello. Hi, darling. Oh, Jonathan, can you wait just a minute? It explodes. She's safe. 
thank the God. The first bumbling moment of Jennifer in the yes. episode. <laughs> um, so, but the um, Stephen Thomas before this is like, I have to leave for the day. Yep. He, goes to, to the the, he goes to the pet store. Mm-hmm. He collects his first half of his payment. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, Expecting her to be dead. Yeah, thinking she's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Then he drives. She's obviously not. Jonathan comes home, consoles her. She's like, oh, my God, it's so weird. Uh, and no cops are there. There's no no one really looking into this explosion. Yeah, they skip over What it. we do see is so, Stephen yeah. Thomas in his giant blue car that I love, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, hiding, waiting for Jonathan to leave. So right. Jonathan leaves. Now let's let's think this through. <laughs> He's hiding in his car after presumably blowing up a woman in this house, and mm-hmm. he just waits for Jonathan yeah. Hart's car to leave, and then he just goes right wait, in. Wait, does Jonathan find the Bible before this? Is that mm-hmm. why? That's why he leaves. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, wait, is it? Uh, I think does that, he go? He goes into the guest house. No. He finds the Bible. He finds the money and the yeah. The, Tag oh right, because he, yeah. he, he's leaving to go. Tag. He's yeah. going to the pawn shop. He finds right. a okay. he, he finds a Bible full of hundred dollar bills. Yes, and a pawn shop tag that this assassin okay. left at the house where he meant to kill this woman. He left in the guest house his money for the payment for killing the woman. Yeah, yeah, but you have to come back, or people think you killed her. Right. So Jonathan's like, mm, I suspect. Like Jennifer's like, ah, oh, I'm laughing because that's my coping mechanism because the oven just blew up yeah and then jonathan's like hmm, i have a weird feeling i'm gonna go look in our gigantic two-story massive guest house and there's gonna be this weird shit yeah. sitting next to this typewriter <laughs> to do um, the like bare minimum level of deduction you have a guest mm-hmm. come into your house the next day your oven explodes what do you think happened? and you find a bible full of hundred dollar bills yeah <laughs> jonathan takes off jennifer and the cousin whatever whatever but jonathan goes to the, the pawn craziest shop. pawn shop ever where he walks in and the pawn shop lady looks up and she goes, wow. <laughs> upon, upon merely seeing him, which initially makes you think that he's going to be like, oh, it's been a long time, Julie, or something like that. Right. Uh-huh, but no, but that's not what happens. She's just so like revved up the pawn shop lady yeah. in her hot pink blouse that she's just like, wow. Yeah. Oh and she God. is like, what a hunk kind of a weirdness. I think she's like the biggest Shelly Duvall fan ever. <laughs> like she is just like mimicking Shelly Duvall. I mean, is there like a Shelly Duvall way of speaking in the seventies? Like, is that like a, a thing? Like a, was that like, I don't know what the word is, like a trend or whatever, for like popular no, for I people. Think, I think just some women have soft voices like that. <laughs> you think it's just like a coincidence? Wow. <laughs> Jonathan bribes this blonde woman at the pawn shop to mm-hmm. see what the ticket was for. She points to a gun. Mm-hmm. Um, <gasps> yeah, oh my God. Then he drives through Culver City and... Uh, <laughs> He's at breakneck speed. He picks up. He picks up his rotary phone in his car to call Max. Oh yeah. 
I was so shocked at that phone. He Joe just was like, like, what is with that phone? What the fuck? It's just like, it's like a regular phone in the car. <laughs> yeah. That like that I, I saw that and I was like, oh my god, an 18-year-old like right now would see that and be like, what is that? <laughs> yeah. What is, right. <laughs> what is, is that this, thing? Is that a radio? That thing is huge. <laughs> it's like a CD mm-hmm. radio. Uh so he, he says there's something wrong. <laughs> He's rushing home. Uh at this point, Stephen has come back because he, he came back as soon as Jonathan left. He finds out that <laughs> that Jennifer's not dead. He, there's a huge okay. There's a huge moment here where this is like the <laughs> pinnacle of the bad writing of this episode for me is Stephen Thomas walks back in. Jennifer is on this balcony and she says like, "Oh, hey, Stephen," and he looks up, clearly very shocked to see her after her fucking oven exploded after obviously she was like <laughs> there was an attempted murder she notices that he seemed shocked to see her they both like recognize this level of like something's off here mm-hmm. and yet she fucking goes to the cliffside with him and yeah, i'm just like what I, the fuck are th- you this was strike 3 uh, <laughs> it really was such a huge strike. Like, this is the biggest strike. And she's continued like this. They were trying so hard to make Jennifer Hart seem so loving and caring and nurturing and mm-hmm. yeah. feminine, <laughs> like to the point where it's like she doesn't notice when someone is obviously trying to kill her. <laughs> but don't don't you think that there's the potential that it's meant to to just dumb down and soften the character so that people can accept her because yeah, she but is, it is that. 1979. Well, but I'm just saying like the, one of the reasons why it might be that way is because yeah, you're both saying like yes. that, that they're trying to humanize these characters because the pilot mm-hmm. it's challenging, but she's not um, like, I don't think that she's tough as nails in the pilot. Like she's still, no, it's like, not about her being tough as nails. It's about it being 1979 and she has a damn job. Yeah. And she, independently wealthy she's in, in control of, of her sexuality um and they, they it starts with the like she doesn't know how to cook thing and then you know it all becomes sort of this all of these little loose ends that tie into a knot that's basically trying to say like no no you guys like jennifer is is a normal woman who whatever like it, it's mm. sort of like i see what you're saying yeah but it's, it's these elements of her character it's it, confusing. They well, do. I think it's, it was a misfire, and I wouldn't be surprised if this whole episode was some sort of thing. The network's like, "You guys, Jennifer's too much like a man." Yeah, yeah. that's I. That I felt. That I definitely felt was totally. like we need to we need to make her a little less in control of her own shit. Mm-hmm. And she needs to be saved by a man. Yeah, too. obviously needs to be saved by a man, and right. I'm sure we're going to see that twice a million twice. times. So yeah, yeah twice, twice in a quick succession. Oh, she's saved by her killer. Spoiler alert! So they take her to. He takes her to <sighs> a cliff. So he suggests a drive to go see the ocean angles. to remember to appreciate the life that she has, <laughs> and she's like, "Sure." So they drive to a cliff. A giant cliff yeah. that is so treacherous looking. So treacherous. <laughs> like it's literally crumbling in the <laughs> shot of the cliff. Like she shit is, yes. shit is falling down the cliff. Like yes. actively it's, rock is tumbling actively down uh-huh. the cliff. It's, it's so treacherous that he doesn't even have to push her at all. No, she trips. She falls off on her own. Okay. 
he goes to kiss her too in this in this scene. Oh, well, he touches her God. face and he, says, "You're so beautiful." And then she's like, "Stroke, also hey cousin, normal, hey FYI. cousin, you're you're not supposed to do that, cousin." I don't think the fact that they're cousins is the thing that deterred her. I really don't. I think it's. Oh like, no, it's because he was gross and she's married. To me, like, don't touch my fucking face. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Fake cousin, real cousin, <laughs> creepy person. We're on a cliff. Like, why is your hand going towards my face? Like, no. I feel like I would jump off the cliff if <laughs> somebody's hand like is weirdly like cupped up next to your face. You back, right? Backhands bring off the cliff. I did love. So I did love when she <laughs> yes. slipped. She slips off the cliff. He grabs her arm. And she yells at him for like five minutes. Uh, Steven! Yeah, Steven, help! Help! Yeah. What yeah. the fuck? Oh, Steven, please help Camera angles are so the setup for this whole scene. It's like it's like handheld camera of like I can't even describe it. It's like how perilous it is for her. It's like she's just like very much like turning her back on him every second, every chance she gets. She's like being as defenseless as possible, going down this cliff face. It's so funny. But it turns so it turns out like he does save her. Yeah, he saves her. And well, he did say to creepy pet store guy. Next time you have a job like this, call someone else. Right. Uh, because yeah. because he's, he's like, like Jennifer he's like, Hart she's is such a nice lady. Such a nice lady. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I hate that I have to kill this nice lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. He goes back to the pet store after this incident mm-hmm. and says, "I'm out. Here's your money back." <laughs> pet store guy shoots him well, in the pet store, which is open, by the way. It's the middle of the fucking day. The store is open. <laughs> and- Does he get the gun out of the freezer? He does. Yeah. <laughs> it's like fish food freezer. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what he, there's a moment for me where it's like, fuck, I don't know what they're going to have him take out of the freezer because they're clearly very interested in establishing, you know, like he's like got the taffy kitten, like he's just pulling on it. And then like, you know, like just lurking around. And I was just, I don't know what I thought he was going to pull out of the freezer, but my mind was racing. Like, is it what if he dead? pulled out oh, this going to be a snake? Like what's it going to be? Oh, if he threw a snake at him and it bit his neck, that oh would have been amazing. I, but, it's I actually a, but it's a gun. Yeah. That would, up that the episode would get an extra heart if he pulled out a snake and threw it at him, or yeah, if he pulled out a space hammer. A snake. What if he pulled out the space <laughs> hammer? He, like he he pulls out a very thin chrome hammer and throws it at him and kills um, him. Every episode should have a space hammer, but every yeah. episode cannot have a snake. Every episode can only have alcohol and sexy talk, and this episode has very little alcohol. Was there except any for, alcohol? Except for yeah, when Max goes to get his beer. That's the only other. Oh, and the half bottle of Burgundy in the... Oh, the half bottle of Burgundy. Yeah, and so there's sexy one talk drunkenness reference towards your cousin. The other thing I want to note here is that the, the pet store owner murderer, like kingpin <laughs> assassin hire... <laughs> yeah, he's just like the hit guy. He's like, so yeah. So the, see, the, the guy in the limousine hired the pet shop owner to hire a hit man, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the chain. Yeah. And he says, the guy tries to give him the money back and is like, I don't want to do this. She's too nice. I like her too much. I don't want to kill her. Mm-hmm. And the guy is like, that's too complicated. So is do you guys think accepting money back from an assassin is more complicated <laughs> than killing an assassin in your open pet store, disposing that body, and then finding a pool man to also kill to break into an estate? Do you think that's less complicated 
than just like accepting that money back mm. and like hiring I, another hitman. You can't s- you can't let the hitman go after he gets gives up on a job. After he no, gets you, have you have to kill him. You have to kill him right then because he's a trained killer. So you got to get the jump on him. Mm-hmm. Right. So he well, also he, he knows he knows everything that happened. And you, if I've learned anything from my years as a hitman, it's. To leave no witnesses. <laughs> Do you think then the the plan was for the pet shop owner to let him kill Jennifer and then kill him? If he were to have come yes. back and said, <laughs> "I have killed her. She is dead." Uh-huh. Even if she wasn't, they would have killed him. If your plan is to like shoot her or push her off a cliff, there's lots of opportunity for that. She's not like she's at writers' conferences. Oh, he could have killed her a million times. <laughs> yeah, like there's. But no- she's so sweet. But she's so nice. Mm-hmm. She's so nice, and like her husband's a good cook. Blah blah. Clueless in this episode. So he's dead. Fake Stephen's dead. Mm-hmm. He's uh, dead. he's dead and stuffed in his own trunk. Stuffed in his own trunk. Oh yeah. Weirdly, with fake ID that says he's Stephen Thomas. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Or he was it's using like his real very name. Deep undercover. I assume they hired this hitman because he vaguely resembled her actual second cousin, twice removed. Well, like he would have to because she would recognize him. All right. Well, so it's her great grand grand great grand aunt's grand great grandson. <laughs> of course, she would recognize him. Right. So creepy pet store guy, <laughs> creepy pet store guy, finds out who the Hearts pool man is somehow. Charlie. Charlie, their pool man. He then breaks into and hides in the pool man's van. <laughs> Just for how long he's been there, we don't know. This is a very humanizing he, moment for He was me. probably there for days. And <laughs> dude dude opens, Charlie <laughs> opens the back of the van and Pet Store Dude is sitting cross-legged. Uh-huh, like a little goblin. <laughs> yeah, like a little goblin with smiling. his gun, smiling. He's like, hey, dude, or whatever the fuck he says. Mm-hmm. Cut to Pet Store Guy in the in Charlie's outfit. So Charlie died, Western right? Western pools. We're yeah. going to assume Charlie's dead. Charlie's dead. We're going to assume Charlie's dead, which sucks. Which like, complicates That's really this fucking lame. Rest in power, Charlie. Rest in power. Rest in power. This complicates the hit so much further. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, yeah, this dude's just yeah, leaving but, a but trail. Joe, he, this guy's a, a professional hitman, so I feel like what we're seeing as complication is just nothing to him. It's like a day's work. Who no, he come on, he, he does a bad job. He like, does a terrible job. He left police... dude's body in the trunk of his own car in the parking lot of the, of pet, the pet store. Yeah. <laughs> And the police immediately and find it. And the police it. found him in five like, minutes. The police find it before he gets to they the house. They found a body house. closed in a trunk. Yeah. Before he gets to the Hart's house. Yeah. That's what the fuck? Like immediately. Like they, someone must have seen him put that body in there and called the police. Like that's well, record speed. Basically, long story short, mm-hmm. uh, hitman, creepy pet store guy, taffy kitten guy <laughs> goes. And then a ludicrous scene of. Uh, Jonathan and Jennifer attempting not to get shot. Jonathan nobly um, puts himself as as a human shield, which Mm -hmm. seems like a terrible idea, Mm -hmm. a human shield, because, of course, they've never asked why or who is trying to kill Jennifer. That's never explored ever, and it's never asked. It's never The question's never posed. Nope. But so Jonathan's the human shield, blah, blah, and then he's like, oh, my God. Uh, He outs, like, the fake, the hitman as the fake pool guy because the hitman answers to the name Fred and whatever. And, and how's then the foot? They, yeah. See, <laughs> big setup. So then Jennifer's in the pool, Jonathan and, and Hitman are in the van. And then the world's funniest <laughs> slow-mo, like, uh, 
Greco-Roman wrestling sort of slash fight in the yellow van ensues. And then they have the world's slowest, like, go off the driveway into the ivy and the tree trunk scene. And Jonathan strangles the hitman. (laughs) What does he do? Like, suddenly Uh, the hitman's just dead. Jonathan has a gun in his hand. He hits his head on the the steering wheel or the windshield because his head's all bloody. And he's out. From he's passed rolling out. off the, yeah. And okay. so then, blah de blah the end. I thought he was going to fill the pool with poison or like. <laughs> explosion, mm, juice. explosion juice. Explosion <laughs> juice. She dives explodes. into the pool and it just explodes. <laughs> like fiery, big fiery clouds of explosion. Um, so, I love that. I love that. I want to see that movie. (laughs) So there's a button on the end of this episode. After all this shit happens, Jonathan and Jennifer are about to fuck at the end of the episode. And then Max just walks into their bedroom. What's up, Max? Mr. H, you ain't going to believe this. Mrs. H, your cousin has arrived. Mr. Stephen Thomas from San Francisco. Hey, Jennifer. I'm Steve, and you must be Jonathan. How are you doing? Hey, I'm sorry I'm so late, and I'm really sick. I missed hearing you speak at that writer's conference and everything, you know, but my car broke down. Well, here I am, though. And boy, have I got a story to tell you guys. Wah, wah, wah. Um, is it time for Pick Your Poke? <laughs> it is. It's time for <laughs> Pick hey, Your, your Poke. <laughs> <laughs> because he's, that's my poke. Uh, yeah, mine too. It's very you obvious. Fuck. <laughs> The real cousin. Will Eric and I ever have a different poke? That's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering that too. <laughs> it was Jonathan up until he walked into Me too. the room. <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel bad because I think I'm picking all of these female characters whose names I don't remember, which kind of makes me a scumbag, right? Um, they may not have had names. There's, there's just not a lot. There's not a lot of meat on that bone no, this, uh, this episode this bone for me. Dry. And I'm not interested in blondes. So we're not going to, I'm not going to pick the same one as you guys time (laughs) after time. Um, It has to be the pawn shop lady, right? Because I have to say that. Who was blonde? Well, she's blonde. Who was blonde? (laughs) But not like blonde, like that, that pool snake bag guy and the cousin. (laughs) Strawberry blonde. He's practically albino. There is a very Um, specific, this is, I, I mentioned it before. There's a very specific 70s blonde that doesn't, doesn't fucking exist. exist anymore. Yeah, you're right. Like See, maybe- I'm trying I'm trying to not do the thing that I think people with dark hair such as myself do, which is think everyone who doesn't have hair as dark as night is blonde. Yeah. So some of the subtle nuances, I'll just say this in my defense before I move forward um, and I'm forced to pick this person every time. Um, I'm going to get the hair color wrong unless it's obviously red like Jennifer's. Or dark brown or black. I'm just, <laughs> just going to get it I wrong. Was, I, what I'm speaking of is specifically that flaxen blonde that I You're, seriously have not seen oh on man. a man yeah. since the early 80s. Yeah. When Sunin got discontinued, or maybe they still make it. <laughs> I think they do um, still make it. I used to use that. How'd that go? It, I used to spray my hair and then... S- put my head on the heating vent in our home when I was like 13 years old. Oh my God. And it would lighten my hair until like this. Oh wow. It was like, That's so cute. Cause my hair is so dark <laughs> that it would become like uh-huh. red, brownish red. And I was like, I dyed my hair. I'm a punk. Like I'm a techno. <laughs> I'm going to a rave. Oh. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. I'm old. Um, 
the pawn shop lady it's not an insult to her but there just wasn't a lot going on for me this episode overall. Oh, for us either I like- and uh she you know i just like that he walks in and she's just like wow Mm-hmm. Like Jonathan Hart walks in and she just is like unabashedly like hot on that guy's trail. All right, ratings. <laughs> ratings. All right. Okay. Oh. oh. <laughs> I uh, let's let Joe start this time. Okay. Well, so the first episode is uh, defaults to a three because my rating was based on whether or not they had been in the African bush. Right. Right. Even though we counseled you, I feel extensively (laughs) that that's not a thing. But, you know, I'm not going to stop you from setting yourself up for disappointment. For failure. And they didn't even mention being in the bush. So it just is. Because it's in in the wind. They Mm -hmm. live for now. They live for the now. I've etched those three hearts in the tombstone of episode one. (laughs) Uh, And I want to, and I wanted to give this episode three hearts because I did enjoy watching it, but I cannot rate it the same as episode one because episode one was way better Mm -hmm. clearly. So it's like, I have to give it two and a half hearts. I think two and a half really because I, well, it's, it can't be three because it can't be the same rating. I gave one. Because it's mm. not, it's clearly objectively not as good as the first episode. Yeah, I think two and a half is kind. Oh, really? Yeah, spoiler alert. Oh, I thought I you were too. shocked how low no. I was going. No. no, because I still enjoyed watching it, but I'm still like new. I'm fresh to the heart, to the heart to heart. So it's like very fun to watch, to like see these characters develop more. And I'm, you know, enthralled by their world and I love it. And like, it's so cheesy in the seventies way that I love. And the it's, it's still fun. It's still, so fun to watch. I yeah. was like, and talk about, and like, I was like enraptured by it the whole time. So it's, yeah, but I can't rate it the same as I rated episode one. So yeah. I have to give it a two and a half. So two and a half. If I hadn't watched episode one, this would be three, <laughs> three and a half hearts. Wow. Wow. Oh God. Yeah. Because it's like, <laughs> The pet store so thing. So to put this into context for you, because Joe Joe likes to rate things out of 10. Like Joe's I a do. 10 rater. So you're saying this is mm. a six. Which seems low. Well, no, you're, what you're saying is this is a five. It's a you're five. it's a five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, okay. That's just low. I can actually like. That feels low in my head. Yeah. Like I, it I really, I feel bad because I want to rate it higher, but Ellen, I can't. Ellen, I, I, I'm right there with you. Uh, do you give your rating, Ellen? I'm going to go? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, as I mentioned in the introductory episode for the podcast, I consider myself to be not just the devoted lover. That's not, those are not empty words. <laughs> it, I consider myself to be in a long-term relationship with the show and I love all of it, but just, you know, there's just the good days and bad days, like yeah. I, I said. So to me, this is a not a good day. <laughs> this is a bad day in my relationship with Heart to Heart. It just is a day where I feel confused and I think, do I don't even know who you are. <laughs> like, why, why are you being this way? Is something else going on? Why are you doing this? <laughs> I'm trying to imagine. Why are, like, you, why are you acting like this? <laughs> like and they so, they try to take you to you know, Olive Garden on a date. <laughs> I just I this is this is one of those ones where I'm genuinely confused. It's not so bad that I'm questioning, you know, reality or everything that 
comes before or comes after, it's just sort of disappointing. I'm just like, this is not a good night. You know, this is like, this is the moment where it's like, wow, we are not communicating properly. This is not, not fun. We're just not on the same wavelength tonight. Mm -hmm. And that is where this episode lands for me. Mm -hmm. And it's also a little bit disappointing because it's like, that's so weird. Like you, I know you're so much better than this. And it's like, but you know what? I still love you. Mm -hmm. I'll see you uh, again. So I'll say that I would actually go with, <laughs> um, I'd go one and a half. Ooh, one and a half. Ouch. Ouch. One and a half. One and a half. Okay. And I say that knowing full well that there are, are many more hearts in terms of the rating scale in my future. Yeah, yeah. that's the, but, but sometimes life's a one and a half. Right. And it's that moment for me. You know, the exciting moments to come. I'm still, I don't know the exciting moments to come. And I just believe that they are coming. Yeah. You, you uh, sort of, but my, my rating for this, I, I dislike, I openly dislike this episode. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you were talking about character development and I was thinking development. Is there a development, like, like a <laughs> negative version of that? Cause it's like, they, development. they knocked Jennifer down so much they in this did. one that it hurt. It, it felt offensive to me. Um, I'm giving this one heart. There we go. All right. So what's, what's our tally? Our total is four and a half hearts. <sighs> this is a heartworm. Episode. Heartworm. Heartworm. This is a bad episode. Does not cut of television. Mustard. Um, it's number one, but it's not number one. I don't know if I agree with the it being a bad episode of television, though. I think it's a bad episode of television. I do too. Really? Yeah. I well, so like objectively, this, the, your uh, your enjoyment of it still. I still enjoyed it. Like yeah. I still enjoyed watching it. And I, I when it was over, I was like, because it was so bad, I wanted to watch another one immediately because yeah. I was like, I, I have to I get, I have to I get this taste out of my mouth. Yeah. Uh -huh. But, uh, but we're, we're being good. Uh, and we're pacing ourselves with this. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I feel like this episode is a blight on the series. Mm. And this wow. is for me not remembering <laughs> the whole series, but this has to be like, if it's not, I'm going to be really upset. I know. But, like this, this podcast could end up be me, being me falling out of love with heart to heart. Uh -oh. And by the end of it, I'm just no. going to hate everything and that's, hate all of you. That's a risk everyone has to take. This no. is true. I don't think that's the case. Based on Ellen's score. No, that's not the case. Yeah, no. But, but also based on Ellen's one and a half hearts for this, I feel pretty confident with my one heart. I wish we had a mid ground. I wish we had a mediocre ground for our ratings, not just good or bad, but like good, mediocre, bad. You know what I have to say about mediocre? What? It's just bad. bad. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think with a sh How many episodes of Heart to Heart are there? 111. See, with a with a show <laughs> with that many episodes, I feel like you have to have a middle ground of like, okay, the like because we all are saying we enjoyed watching the episode. So therefore, in my opinion, it's not a bad episode if you enjoy watching it. It's TV. Well, I think once well, we're through this, like once we're through, <laughs> even once we're, once we're through the first season, this we'll have a more accurate idea of what a what a middle ground episode I is. I think we should do. But until then, like until ten episodes in, 
until Sweeps Week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> these are really like their first impressions for us. They are, yeah, totally. Like, they're legit first impressions aside yeah. from Ellen. Right. And if Ellen, <laughs> the, to the Ellen. expert, <laughs> yes. says this is a bad episode. Then it's, oh, I'm just, a per- I'm just a person. We're leaning on Ellen. To, <laughs> you're in a relationship with this show. You're, gu- you're, you're a guiding light. <laughs> you literally had like a, t- a domestic with this show. <laughs> Look, I, I just care about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, we're- and it's important to me. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate that you want there to be some safe place for not good, not terrible episodes to land. I, I but want for me, there, yeah. I, I want you to challenge yourself. Okay. And there's 111 episodes. <laughs> yeah. um, everything's every, Things are going to change. I'm mostly just excited that the two of you have taken on such a... Uh, Burden. no that that you just just already have hopes and and love and affection and and critique for these characters Mm -hmm. i mean you've really only experienced three hours of we're not even we're not even one percent through the hundreds of hours (laughs) we're not even one percent yeah so i feel like it's okay like I think it's okay for me to say this is a one, like that this was a bad episode because I know even if the show is bad, like even if this is the middle, I'm going to enjoy it. Uh, I'm most likely going to enjoy it and my ratings will reflect that. Okay. So we're not doing ratings based on all TV shows. We're doing ratings based on heart to heart. Yes. So it's like this yeah, is Yeah, we're like, in a vacuum. This we're is in a vacuum. This is hopefully the worst episode of Heart to Heart ever written. I'm hoping. Okay, well, uh thanks everybody for listening. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh follow us on Twitter. It was Murder Pod. Our Instagram is also It was Murder Pod. Uh subscribe to this podcast. Rate and review it, but only if it's five stars. Five stars. Yeah. Uh, if you <laughs> if you want to give us anything other than five stars, you're really just being a dick, only and I, I don't want to deal if we're with you. A star attack. <laughs> don't heart murmur us. Yeah, we well, don't want a star murmur. <laughs> Tune in next week. We're going to be doing, of course, the the next episode, which I believe is called uh. Passport to Murder which is one of Ellen's favorite episodes. I am so fucking excited to watch this because I want a good one. I want a good one. I I need a good one after this one. Night Freeway. Night Freeway. Night Freeway. How did the pawn ticket, like, so he finds a gun, but like, so what? Like, like already it was obvious that this guy was trying to kill somebody. Well, the funny that the funny thing about that was like he pawned his gun. He's a hitman who pawned yeah. his gun well, for, but for then fifty dollars. But he used the fifty dollars to buy a giant beige sponge <laughs> full of and explosion a beaker juice. Beaker of explosion juice. Yeah, you're right. That's the going rate. Like just shoot her. <laughs> <laughs>